Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Wednesday, December 6th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in the New York metropolitan area. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Caroline Ely. And I'm Jaya Joyce. And here's What's What near you. The MTA board is set to approve a new congestion pricing plan. The plan, which was drafted by the Traffic Mobility Review Board, lays out that drivers would have to pay $15 to enter Manhattan south of 60th Street. The fare would be imposed from 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. during the week. The price would decrease by 75 percent overnight. New York Governor Kathy Hochul expressed her support for the plan at a pro-congestion pricing rally at Union Square yesterday. If the vote goes through, public hearings will begin in February. The race for second place continues tonight during the fourth GOP debate. Former President Trump, who has been leading the race for the Republican nomination, will be notably absent tonight as he's decided to simply skip the debate. Experts predict that will have little to no impact on his consistent almost 20-point lead in most states. The other four remaining candidates will take the stage tonight in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer plans to propose a bill to the Senate that would ban assault rifles. The bill would ban the sale and production of over 200 military-style or similar rifles. It would also require background checks on future sales of weapons covered by the bill. This would be the first ban on assault weapons since Congress allowed the last one to expire in 2004. According to Schumer, the assault weapons ban works and saves lives. This comes as the United States has faced over 600 mass shootings this year, with over a dozen of those being in New York. And to no one's surprise, Taylor Swift has been named Time Magazine's Person of the Year. She was chosen from a list of nine finalists, including King Charles III, Barbie, and the CEO of OpenAI, Sam Altman. She follows the 2022 Person of the Year, Ukrainian President Zelensky. Swift's accomplishments this year included her record-breaking Eras tour and concert film and the release of 1989 Taylor's version. She even was the subject of a number of university courses. Time said that Swift had achieved a kind of nuclear fusion this year. You can find her interview at time.com. Broadway audiences will soon be hearing the hit songs of Alicia Keys just one neighborhood away from where the Grammy Award-winning singer grew up. Hell's Kitchen is a semi-autobiographical musical by the singer-songwriter. It's making the move uptown from off-Broadway to the Schubert Theater this spring. The musical features Key's best-known hits, Fallen, No One, Girl on Fire, If I Ain't Got You, and of course, Empire State of Mind, as well as four new songs. It will join the growing trend of jukebox musicals on Broadway, like A Beautiful Noise, The Neil Diamond Musical, MJ, and Once Upon a One More Time, which closed this past fall. Norman Lear, famed sitcom producer and one of the pioneering voices surrounding inclusivity in television, has died. Known for his outspoken views and political advocacy, he used his work to tackle social issues like racism, women's rights, and equal pay. His pursuit of equity was not always welcome. Notably, Lear was on President Richard Nixon's enemies list. But he wore this like a badge of honor and never veered from his pursuit of equality through his shows. At 95, he won his last Emmy and attributed his career's longevity to the love of his family and a life full of laughter. Norman Lear was 101 years old. And on this day in 2020, Bad Bunny's El Ultimo Tour del Mundo became the first album entirely in Spanish to top the Billboard 200 album chart. 
It featured hit songs like Te Muraste, Booker T, and Dakiti. El Último Tour del Mundo is a 16-track album that won a Grammy for Best Musica Urbana. New York's public libraries are defending access to knowledge in response to the recent increase in national book bans. WFUV's Avery Loftus sits down with Caitlin Coleman-McGaw, the associate director of youth programs at the New York Public Library. They discuss the anti-censorship program at the library called Books for All. Describe how the library is working against the book bans in these laws that we're seeing passed. With the specific Books for All campaign, we are providing access to certain young adult titles um, to anyone in the country who wants to read them. Um, so we're really thinking about books that are facing bans or authors that are facing challenges and supporting them through this availability. Um, and along with these access to these books, we're going to bring the authors into conversation with young people at the library. Going off of that, you mentioned the band book club and the discussions with authors. What exactly went into creating this anti-censorship program? When the library was launching this initiative, we really wanted to understand what are some of the ways that we can really support both the conversation and support intellectual freedom and also support all of these authors. So we just worked with our colleagues at Queens and Brooklyn to think about how we can sort of increase access and increase uh, conversation. In the sense of increasing access and conversation, how do you think young people specifically are influenced by censorship? Young people, especially teenagers, are really often told what they can and cannot do by different adults and by different systems. And part of our work at the library is really allowing teens to come be in our spaces, come be who they want to be, and kind of encouraging them to explore Whereas I, I just think it's really hard sometimes when you are being told what you can and cannot read that doesn't always allow for that same sense of exploration and excitement. And you mentioned feeling restricted in the types of environments that these young people are in. How do you think the bans impact students' access and what exactly is the New York Public Library doing to mitigate that nationwide? At the library, through our Books for All campaign, we are making certain titles available nationwide. So through Books for All, when you download Simply E, you have access to all of these wonderful titles. Um, and I think that's going to make a big difference for some of the young people around the country. And what was the thought process behind choosing Mark Ashiro's Each of Us a Desert to kick off the Teen Band Book Club, which, as you mentioned, is available through the Simply E app? This is a LGBTQ love story, and it's written by a queer Latinx author, and that's just really representative of the type of story we want to support here at the library, um, because we think those stories are often the subject of bans and challenges, and we think that they're really gorgeous stories that deserve to be told, and we think teens deserve to see themselves in these stories. That was WFUV's Avery Loftus discussing the New York Public Library's anti-censorship program, Books for All. And that's our show for today. 
But check back with us tomorrow around 3 o'clock for the latest news and exclusive interviews and feature stories from WFUV. And as always, you can find more from us at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Jaya Joyce. And I'm Caroline Ely. And that's What's What.